Hi, I'm Natalie. And I'm Chris. And this this is is the the Paranormal Paranormal Podcast. Podcast. A podcast experience for stoners with a taste for all things creepy crawly. And this week it is Chris's turn to get high. How you feeling? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. So you smoked that entire joint. Yeah, that was a solid pre-roll. What was that? Where was that one from again? It was from Saints, but I don't remember the strain. It was that five pack that we got at Origins that I was curious about because I've seen a, just that photo everywhere and good strain. Works. Right? Dude, the packaging is super cute too. I think I might keep it a little box that slides in and out. It's really cute. Don't keep it because then you're going to turn into a hoarder and we can always just go buy more of that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, I got high as well tonight. I smoked Dutch Treat. I know that one. Oh, I, you know, I don't know that one because I keep falling asleep after that one. Which is really weird to me because it's a sativa. It is, but it keeps knocking me on my ass. I know. I don't really know why. That's really weird. But that one to me kind of feels like Undisputed eighty seven from Tyson Farms. No way, really. I mean, it's well, that heavy for remember you. Remember how I was in Vegas when we smoked that, versus like. We'll smoke downstairs, we'll come up here, and then we'll try watching something, and then I just was out. Yeah. I mean, there was a movie the other night. You were so excited to start it, and then you fell asleep like 10 minutes in. Wasn't it like the Sailor Moon movie or something? Because I just thought that would be good when we were high. Because you were like, we have to be high before we watch this. And the visuals were awesome. The visuals looked super cool for the transformations, and then the weed kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. And I hadn't watched that movie before. I wanted to finish that journey with you. I couldn't do it on my own. No, we can uh, pop that on next, if, unless we want to watch Castlevania some more. Oh, that's true. That's a good idea. Okay. So the reason that I also got high is because, like I told you earlier, past Natalie really came in clutch today. And I realized that I did research for this topic like two months ago and forgot about it. So I have all of this together, but basically I'm going to be relearning all of this along with you. Oh gosh, now I'm, because last time when you did, uh, was it the Jersey Devil? Mm Mm-hmm. Like that one was almost predictable because we had just seen Bad Ben, like like three movies from the Bad Ben series. Yeah, but I mean, I completely forgot about that too, which makes it even funnier, I guess. So like, now I'm trying to think. What was your state of mind two months ago? Because that's weird. That's I don't remember that. Um, I don't know. I'm always just kind of in the whole like paranormal and true crime shit that I'm always on. Yeah, but like, see, but it's also like, what were you watching two months ago? Like, I don't oh, remember that. You know what? Like, what? Yeah. What were we doing two months ago? Two months ago, I think was the road this trip. Actually, from might San have Diego been, up here, right? This might have been a lot longer. I think. Like, a, like more, like, in the past. Just saying. So this is cool. We can actually measure this yeah. now, too. So, all right. What you got? Okay. So, I'm, I'm going to be telling crypt. you. I'm guessing crypt. Wait, no. I'm guessing crime. You are correct. It is the Axeman of New Orleans. Wait, what? <laughs> I know you've heard of the Axeman. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know why. I just thought of, like, Slash from Guns N' Roses. I don't know. Like axe, you know, like like a guitar. Maybe I don't know. That's where my mind went, and now I'm just curious to see if there's like some legendary guitarist in New Orleans who was just 
had like a what's it called what's the word moonlighted moonlighted as a lumberjack okay okay i don't know what any of that meant i'm gonna be honest with you axe man you know axe like guitar but axe like fucking oh axe. oh i see okay i'm well, not that high i am that high Oof. you yeah you are i can Funny. see it here we go <laughs> This is going to be a fun podcast. Yeah, podcast. it is. So I do know that you have seen the Axeman in at least one form of media. Because, do you remember American Horror Story Coven? Yes, it was the guy uh, who was in the romantic relationship yeah. with the, uh, the former um, queen, right? Or, like, the... Fuck. What, what do they call... Oh my god, I'm too high for this right now. Shit. I'm not going to look it up. Supreme. Supreme, The yes. Supreme. Oh my god, I feel so ashamed for not remembering that. But Her. anyway, yeah. The mom. That's was it. Yeah. That, that's, this is going to be a good one. Okay. So we'll just like dive right in. <clears throat> so the Axeman was active between May 1918 and October 1919. Although there were press reports speculating that similar murder, murders had occurred as early as 1911. But nothing was ever substantiated, so... Oof, dang, so... That's a yeah. good little spree. I mean, yeah. In comparison with, like, other uh, serial killers, it's pretty short, too. There are a lot of, like, serial killers that went on for years. But, like, that whole, like, year, year and a half thing... Like, that year and a half thing where, like, we know it was him? Versus, like you said, how far back was the, uh... Oh, that's true. 1911, so that was, like, seven years before... Where they finally realize, like, that or it's, like, when you watch all the horror movies, like, the guy kills, gets a bit of a taste for it, and then he, like, with Dexter, he Dexter kind of just, like, really gets into it, and, like, the kills just start happening regularly versus just how spread out they were in the beginning. Yeah. No, that's a very good point, actually. Um, so, background. Victims were usually killed with an axe, although sometimes he'd also use a straight razor, which... I feel like they may have mentioned an American Horror Story as well. Did he use a straight razor? Sometimes. Well, he was always clean shaven. That is true. It may have been like they were alluding to like that part of the story. Ooh, okay. I don't know. I Again, this was months ago when I watched it. So. Digging it though. I like this. Yeah. But, um, so usually this guy removed panels on the back door um with a chisel to gain access to the homes Ooh, okay and he always attacked at least one person in the home could have been more i think there's only like maybe like one guy got murdered but we'll get into that um he was not motivated by robbery because he never removed anything in the homes he just went for the kill yeah (laughs) pretty much and most of his victims were Italian or Italian-American. So, huh. yeah. So there's a hypothesis that the crimes were ethnically motivated. And apparently the media took off with that. And they even went so far as to suggest that there was mafia involvement. Ooh, okay. So I like that one. So now Axeman almost turns into almost the uh, the John Wick, like Bobby Agus. Oh like, yeah. Where, like that's just his like his hitman nickname also. Yeah. Also think... wondering depending on where it was at too like it could have also been in like a particular ghetto. It was in New Orleans. 
No, I've never been, so I don't know if there's a large yeah. Italian population down there. I mean, this was a... also in 1918, so... Which, again, we're getting a lot of immigrants. <clears throat> if mm-hmm. when, when the immigrants were put in their respective ghettos, like, I don't know if that impacted, like, hey, he must live in this neighborhood or maybe, like, live far from there. So he knows, like, I'm going to travel super far, get people in this place so they can't trace it back to me. Like, I mean, there's I... options, you know? So I remember, I, I don't think I saw anything about anything like that when I was researching. Because I don't think they were, like, confined to a specific area mm, in okay. New Orleans. It was just wherever the fuck he felt like breaking in, I guess. Jeez, okay. Yeah. So, um, there are theories that the murders were motivated by sex. Kind of like uh, Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And the Axeman was targeting women. And criminologists have suggested that the male victims were only killed when the man tried to obstruct the murder of the woman. So, if you defended a woman and tried to, you know, not get her killed, you were going to get killed before she got killed, probably. That's fucked up. Right? But that would also explain why there were some men that were spared. So, if they just, like, gave in and let their wives die or whatever, or whoever the woman in the house with them was yeah you'd be in a lot of trouble for that one if that ever happened right? here because i sleep deep mm-hmm. i'm not easy to wake up and neither am i we'd probably both be dead i mean i'll sneeze and you'll wake up pretty easily no nah, sometimes that's true you have pretty gnarly sneezes though i'm just loud in yeah general. you have dad sneezes for sure thanks you're welcome cat dad cat dad see there we go now that's acceptable <laughs> yeah Okay, so killer was never caught or identified, obviously, but the killing spree ended as abruptly as it started. The there Go were on. like possible identities suggest suggested, but nothing was ever verified. So anyway, the Axeman sent a letter, like to uh, I think it was to like a newspaper or something, and. He basically laid out the uh, outline for his, like, now legend, where he was wanting every... He was, like, threatening to go on a killing spree. Like, and then... I'm just gonna read the fucking letter. I don't know why I'm doing this. Yeah, English is, um... It's getting more difficult. Dutch treat. Thank you very much. Okay, sure. (laughs) Okay, anyway, here's the X-Man's letter. Hottest Hell, March 13th, 1919. Esteemed mortal of New Orleans, the Axeman. Wait, what? (laughs) He gave himself the name the Axeman, Dude, this guy is a fucking legend. This guy is actually pretty, like... Not only did he speak in third person, but he straight up called you mortal. (laughs) Wow, okay, go on. He's, like, pompous for sure. Okay. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Or Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. (laughs) 
Damn, this guy's colorful too. Right? I feel like I'm back in like a literature class right now. Fuck. Like I can see exactly where the murders were happening in uh, in Coven. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, if you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Yosef, etc. Wait, what? <laughs> Who the fuck is Francis Yosef? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you didn't, didn't look who the fuck up. Oh, hold up, I'm... Grabbing you, my phone. Oh my I god. Keep going, but I need okay. to figure out who Francis okay. Joseph is. What is it? Francis Joseph? Yes. J O S E F. Okay, I'm going to keep going with this paragraph. Fuck, please. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think there is any need of such such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. <laughs> Damn. Did you figure out who that guy is? Yeah. So he was Emperor of Austria, King of Hungary, Croatia, and Bohemia, and Monarch of other states of Austro-Hungarian Empire. From the sec- de- from 2nd of December, 1848, until his death. Um, from May 1850 to August 1866, he was also president of the German Confederation. What? The dude was pretty powerful, but... But I don't understand what he and his satanic majesty have in common. I mean, well, I mean, considering he considers himself a demon also, maybe some sort of reference to, well, at that point it wouldn't have been Nazi Germany or anything. No. But... During the war... Yeah, I guess. Especially if, well, depending on when the timing was, it was, what, potentially as far back as 1911, so that wouldn't have necessarily been war, but stuff leading up to. Yeah, 1914 but... and everything, like, that Yeah. had some war influence on it. Could also be his background. Wait, what did you say that, uh, what's his name, Francis Joseph? Like, where did he have, like, reign over or whatever? He was the Emperor of Austria. The Emperor from of From 1848 Austria? to 1916. Wasn't... And the King of Hungary from 1867 to 1916. Where? Who was... Because was it... Um, Austria was where... Uh, fuck. Guy who was shot started the fucking war. Archduke Ferdinand, I think. Was he... <sighs> We're going to go on a fucking investigation tonight. You're doing this live and I... with us right now because we have cell phones. Yeah, you know what? This is what technology is for, kids. Use it. Yeah, Archduke Ferdinand of Austria. So maybe that actually had a connection. Man, this shit gets deep. And now, yeah. now that we also know his... What were Germany and um, Italy's role in World War One? Oh, fuck. See? We're going down a rabbit hole. Let's get back to the story. But this is something something worth looking up to. I know, right? Okay, we're going to see if Archduke Ferdinand's assassination is connected with the Axeman. That's my new goal in life. Okay. I digress. Let's keep going with the letter. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am. But I could be much worse if I wanted to. 
If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens. And the worst. For I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Fuck. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. Man. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native, native Tartarus, and it is about the time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, and it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. Fuck, okay. This guy is dramatic. I mean, like, super, super narcissistic. For one, but, like, the drama that just, like, exudes from this guy. It's, like, next level. I mean, especially the way that he keeps referring to himself as, like, a spirit or a demon, too. Like, yeah, very unusual for, for a lot of the criminals that we've gone over in this podcast so far. Well, and what's interesting to me is that he's not even just, like, comparing himself to that, but he's the language that he's using when he's saying I'm going to pass over New Orleans like he's really like he like it sounds plague. like he truly believes this and so he has all of these things like rolling around in his head all the time and when it finally goes out onto paper like it just creates this character I wonder if he's just like if he can turn it on or off like hey I'm so and so or now I'm the axe man or if he's just if he just talks like this at all times I mean, he could very well just talk like that the whole time. That's kind of interesting, like, um, what you just said kind of reminds me of Dexter and how they portray that and how he talks to himself versus how he talks to the rest of the Mm -hmm. world because he knows that he needs to act a certain way to fit in. It's like the alter ego. Like, you get to see him Mm -hmm. being Superman most times, and then when he's doing his day job, when he's out in public, he's Clark Kent. Yeah, exactly. So this is probably just like this guy has deluded himself into this fantastical version of himself. And this letter is really like him showing that character to the rest of the world. So he's creating an image for himself right now. And he does it really fucking well. It, that was very smooth and very colorful. If I ever get into D&D, like that's the kind of character sheet I need to put right? together. Right? Exactly. Okay. So... Actually, like people actually like freaked out. Obviously, everybody either had like a jazz band going, or they were at somebody's house, or they had like the, uh, the, like just like the records playing. <clears throat> like nobody actually died that night because they were all so scared. Or because he seriously just took a vacation and just was busy because he had a big dinner. I don't know. <laughs> He just wanted to, like, stir the pot and then watch the shit show ensue. <laughs> Seems like that I mean, asshole, especially for how 
narcissistic he came off in that letter. Yeah, yeah I can see him doing that. That actually is a very, that's a very real possibility. But there were actual suspects. So Colin Wilson, who is a crime writer, he says the Axeman could have been Joseph Momfrey, uh, who was shot to death in L.A. in 1920 by a widow of Mike Pepitone, who was the Axeman's last known victim. Huh. So, hold on, let's see. <laughs> Michael Newton, true crime writer, researched the hell out of New Orleans public police and court records and found no evidence of Joseph, Mon- Joseph Mumfrey associated with assault or murder. Hmm. Okay, so maybe that's not a connection. But he was also not able to find evidence of Mrs. Pepitone being arrested, tried, or convicted for that crime. And Mumfrey is not, like, an uncommon name. There could be a Joseph Mumfrey associated with the crime, but the records aren't extensive enough to really connect anyone to that theory. Ugh. I know, right? <laughs> like, I guess we're just kind of grasping at straws here. Because Wilson's theory is said to just be an urban legend, basically. There's no evidence now. No more evidence now than there was back then. You got my hopes up and just crushed them just now, didn't you? I feel kind of the same way. I was really looking forward to getting into some of this stuff. But apparently there's the really, like... Two to three months ago, didn't you? What? Kind of wish you remembered all that now from two to three months ago, didn't you? I know, right? So I guess that's the only real theory that's been going around though so some of the early victims well allegedly the early victims because this was before the known crimes um there was an italian couple the chambras i don't know how to say that they were (laughs) i'm sorry i butchered that they were shot by an intruder in their home in may on may 16th 1912 The husband survived, but the wife died, and newspaper accounts said that the prime suspect was referred to as Momfrey more than once. Hmm. So I guess that's part of where that theory came from. The killings were outside of the Axeman's M.O., but if the Axeman was Joseph Momfrey, the Chiambras may have been his earlier victim. Okay. So that's where we're getting all of this. That's starting to make sense. <clears throat> the chief suspect in that may have been Frank Doc Mumfrey, who used the alias Leon Joseph Monfrey slash Manfrey. Hmm. And he lived 1875 to 1921. So he died like shortly after the killings and everything. Mm-hmm. Then there was Joseph and Catherine Maggio. On May 23rd, 1918, a killer broke in, cut their throats with a straight razor. Catherine was nearly beheaded. So this wasn't just like a methodical in and out situation. This sounds like just rage. This guy's just... Wow. He just really needed to kill. Yeah, what the fuck? On his way out, he... Oh, shit. He bashed their heads in with an axe. Okay. Possibly to cover up the real cause of death. That kind of makes sense. 
I mean, it's a little excessive, and I don't know why you would want to cover up the real cause of death, but... I mean, if he's the Axeman, he's got a particular MO he's got to stick with, too. Yeah, but this was like... Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he was just, like, creating that image for himself. Or just did because... it and was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I kind of yeah. love the axe thing. Yeah, so, yeah, he may have just, like, picked it up then and there. Ugh. But he also left his bloody clothes at the house, which... Like, now, that would be the biggest fuck you and come catch me move. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, now we have DNA and everything, so it's just, like, you're just asking to be caught. Yeah, but back then, you know, maybe dry cleaning technology wasn't as good as it is, so just, you gotta ditch the blood (laughs) and make sure, like, because, I mean, if you just got caught with a stack of bloody clothes in your house, dude, you're guilty. Well, yeah, definitely. He actually changed into clothes from the victim's. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. This is steal, steal your girl and steal your outfit. That's right? fucked up. Right? Yeah. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, later the razor was found in a neighbor's lawn. So he ditched that. Gross. Um, it actually belonged to Maggio's brother, Andrew, who ran a barber shop. Oh, wait, this is like a... Oh, this is one of those old school, like... This is uh, a straight razor, Like Sweeney yeah. Todd straight razor. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh... What's this? Maggio had taken the razor home a couple days prior, claiming that he wanted to have a nick honed on the blade. Hmm. So, that's why it was there. And then Andrew, the brother, found the bodies after hearing moaning from his brother's adjoining apartment. Okay, so that's <laughs> fucked up. He said he was too intoxicated to hear anything prior to that. Oh, that kind of sucks. So, Andrew was the primary suspect, but he was released when uh, police couldn't break his statement or his report of seeing someone lurking near the place prior to the murders. So, he had a pretty solid case going for himself. Then there was... uh, Louis Bessemer and Harriet Lowe who were attacked on June 17th, 1918. Uh, Bessemer was hit with a hatchet right above his temple. Oof. Oof. And that caused a skull fracture, for sure. Lowe was hacked over her left ear, found unconscious. Okay. But alive. That's but alive. Up. That's really fucked up. Okay. So... <laughs> The hatchet belonged to Bessemer, and it was found in the bathroom. So this guy really likes using, like, the, uh, the, whatever's with the victim. Whatever weapon he has. But I'm guessing it was usually an axe. I, that's just, I'm perplexed. There were that many families that had that many axes. I mean, everybody was cutting their own firewood. Yeah, yeah, this is more like. I wouldn't imagine, like. This is more when, like, more people were in manual labor just, like, day to day. Hmm. Um, so Bessemer was, oh, Bessemer was suspected to be a German spy. Ooh, that's fun. Which definitely goes with the, um, what's it called? With the 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 reference to, what's his name? Yosef. Yeah, yeah, like, more reference, like, references toward the war. Um, but this was evidenced by a trunk of letters written in German, Russian, and Yiddish in his home. Oh, damn. Yeah, so he was pretty, uh, pretty well-rounded with languages, I guess. 
The government actually launched an investigation into him and uh, Lowe supported the claim on her deathbed after a botched surgery in 1918. That fucking sucks. Damn. To like have gone through that attack and like survived and then a botched surgery is what gets you. Oh, homegirl, I feel so bad for you. Um, so Lowe actually stated that Bessemer was the attacker. So he was arrested. He was charged with murder and served nine months in prison before being acquitted in 1919. Okay. So how many more victims do we have? Jesus Christ. I really went into this. All right. We're just going to keep rolling with it. Are you seeing the list of all the victims? I guess so. I really did that. You want to keep listening? How many victims we got? If it's like 30 plus, we should probably speed this up. <laughs> no, here's... There's like five more. Damn, okay. Are you are you ready for no, let's, it? Let's do this. Like, okay. I'm, I'm, now I kind of want to see like where... Like what differs from murder to murder. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. So the next one was a woman called Anna Snyder. She was attacked August 5th, 1918, and she was eight months pregnant. Oh my god, that's so sad. And all you have to do is, well, I guess this is the beginning. Like, they didn't know they were supposed to play jazz or just die, huh? Yeah, I mean, nobody... Was it, was nobody it jazz or blues? Yet. Jazz. Okay, cool. Jazz. <laughs> um, so she woke up to find a dark figure of a man standing over her, and her face was repeatedly bashed in. Her scalp was cut, and she was covered in blood. And she had no recollection of the attack. Nothing was missing, so it wasn't motivated by robbery. And this is actually when police started to speculate that the attack was related to those of Bessemer and Maggio. So they're starting mm. to connect them now. Okay. Then there was a guy named Joseph Romano. He was attacked on August 10th, 1918. And, oh, he was elderly. <laughs> oh, no. This guy really knows how to pick them. Okay, at least he wasn't pregnant. <laughs> okay, so he lived with his nieces, who were the ones who found him. He had a massive blow to the head, like, right in the middle of the night. The attacker um, was on the run, but they identified him as a dark-skinned, heavy-set man wearing a dark suit and a slouched hat. Hmm. Huh. That sounds like a very 1918 outfit to have. Pretty accurate like the... look for what they had in um, American Horror Story, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, there was, again, nothing missing from the house. But this one incited chaos around the city, and people started reporting seeing an axe man lurking around. So he, what that kind of reminds me of is the bunny man. Do you remember that? That was like way bit, back huh? like yeah. episode two or something. Yeah, that was one of the first ones you did. Yeah, and the bunny man would also just like stand there with an axe and that's what people report seeing. So I actually wonder if the bunny man had and like was inspired at all Similar by with the, the axe man. The crook of someone's hat or something could have been the ears. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, that's a good point too. Shit. So the next one of the victims were Charles and Rosie Portamiglia. On March 10th, 1919, they were found after a grocer heard them screaming from across from their home across the street. Ooh. Rosie stood in the doorway clutching her deceased infant daughter. 
And Charles no lay, fucks. Charles lay bleeding out on the floor. Both had skull fractures. Holy shit. So, Rosie accused Lorland Giordano and his son for the crime, but uh, Orlando was 69 and like he was in no way healthy enough to actually commit a murder. Okay. And then Rosie later admitted she accused them out of spite. That's fucked up. That's really fucked up to use like a fucking... It's the axe man and you're going to start accusing someone just because of spite? That's fucked up. And man. someone who's way too old to actually be able to commit that crime in the first place? Like, yeah, come on. exactly. Have some tact. Bitch move. <laughs> okay, then there was Steve Boca. Who, on August 10th, 1919, he woke up to a dark figure standing over his bed, just like that pregnant woman had, and he was attacked with an axe. He recovered, but just like that other woman, he couldn't remember any details. Hmm. And, but that one actually took place after the Axeman letter. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if, like, maybe his account was... See, so from here is where we start getting, like, from this point onwards, if you're not playing jazz to go to sleep or, you know, just to make sure you actually wake up the next morning. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, he says that he woke up to a dark figure over his bed. Well, at this point, people have been talking about it so much. There's probably just, like, word of mouth, the, all of these little details, like, floating around. But as a victim, how did he survive? Because the Axeman seems pretty thorough so far. I mean, not really, because he's had a lot of people who survived. That's true, I guess. So he's I think other people in the house. These people are just surviving. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, a part of it is probably he got off like with the thrill of the kill, mm -hmm. but he may. It seems like he may also just be looking to like just fuck shit up, or just be an asshole. I mean, that's exactly how his letter came off. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised. So then we've got Sarah Lawman on September 3rd, 1919. Neighbors found her lying unconscious on her bed with a severe head injury. Ooh, and several missing teeth. Yikes. Uh, and an axe was later found on the front lawn of the building. And she recovered, but she couldn't recall the attack. So I, maybe he was like hitting them in a specific spot where like... He I knew feel they like a lot remember? of blood force trauma versus like usually when we're talking axes it's like some in all the horror movies people get decapitated by like the serial killer with like superhuman strength yeah right? it's always that one clean shot or like the occasional messed up horror movie where you see the hacking but with this one it's just a lot of like blood force trauma knock you out and then like take off yeah it it seems like instead of like I was expecting it to be more like hack and slash but like he he's using the like the blunt end or he doesn't come off as like maniacal so far no he seems like he know he's very aware of what he's doing and he's thought it out very well like if you wanted to kill these people they're, he, they're he getting rendered they're them. getting rendered unconscious so yeah it's just interesting to me like the well i guess that kind of keeps going around with the narcissism he wants his victims to survive sometimes so that his, like, legend lives on. Man, this guy's fucked up. He knows what he's doing, dude. Okay, last victim. Do you remember me mentioning Mike Pepitone earlier? Vaguely, yes. 
So on October 27, 1919, his wife woke up hearing a commotion and got to the bedroom door just in time to see a large axe-wielding man run off. There was blood spatter everywhere. Oh, fuck. It actually, like, covered a painting of the Virgin Mary. That's fucked. That's dark. <laughs> I know. And Mrs. Pepitone was unable to provide the killer's characteristic, but uh, that was the last Axeman attack. And then so, we just stopped hearing about it. Yeah. So that's why, though, because remember it was the theory that... Um, Mike Pepitone's wife had shot the guy they suspected of being the Axeman. Mm -hmm. This is why. She was trying to avenge her... um, Well, the theory was she was trying to avenge her husband. Mm -hmm. But she never... She was never able to provide any, like, information about what the guy looked like. So how would she know who to go after? Oh, this is so weird. See, this is another, like, one of those revenge movies where... Like she, you know, like the murder happens earlier in the movie, and she is planning it all out, but has to like hunt down the serial killer. Yeah. So like maybe she did what the police were unable to do. I mean, that's I guess it's possible. Putting it out there. Yeah. No, that's a good theory. So I do you want to hear just like a few pop culture references other than American Horror Story? To that, yeah, because I feel like we've seen some other movies with that, with a similar character. Um. Maybe. There is... 1919, there was... I think this is a song called The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz by Fuck. Joseph John DeVia. And it depicted a family playing music with their fr- with a frightened look on their faces. So it was like a movie. So this is, right, this is after the letter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. There was... In 1991, there's a novel called The Axeman's Jazz by Julie Smith. And in 2005, the novel Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, shit. Which I forgot about, and now I need to read that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 2013, American Horror Story Coven. And that guy... Oh, that's what his name is. Danny Houston, or Huston. Is that the actor? The actor. Okay, cool. Um, Unsolved Murders podcast... And that's why we drink podcasts, awesome. which I fucking love. Mm-hmm. Evan Christine and BuzzFeed Unsolved also did an episode on that. That might also. That's that might probably be the one we where saw. we okay, saw it. Cool. Yeah. So, how do you feel? How how uh, are you doing with this knowledge? For how high I am, I'm surprised I was able to process and retain so much of what like, you had because you had a lot of info and a lot of info on the victims too. You know, I actually, because I think it's a, now I know why I do that. Because I think it's important for us to remember the victims' names, too. It's like, because we could talk about the Axeman very easily, but not only do you have to, like, look into how the victims died to understand, like, or, like, get an idea of, like, what happened. Like, I just think it's, I think it's good to hear their names. That and even just the way you did it going through, going through the order, you get to hear... And almost visualize the process from, okay, yeah. starting, start off's kind of sloppy and then kind of honing it versus 
starting off with an idea and then just getting sloppy at the end or just staying consistent. So that was kind of cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, I think that's probably why you stuck with it because it was more just like part of the storytelling. Like I could see you like writing it out as we were going though. That was cool. Yeah. So I, I really liked this episode. I'm glad you did too. Good job on the axe man. Yeah. Thank you, baby. Cool. Okay. So let me ask you something. You oh, ready no. to uh, watch Castlevania and wrap this up? Yes! Let's get our Belmont on by B! That was weird. I love you, but that was weird. Dude, like the third episode of our podcast is called Get Your Belmont On because we were talking about Castlevania. That makes sense. <laughs> That's why I said it. Get your Belmont on! Stop trying to make that a thing. It's not going to be a thing. Fetch is going to happen before that one happens. Oh, I'm going to make this happen every episode from now on. Fuck. Get your Belmont on! One more time. Get your Belmont on! We'll work on that. <laughs> okay. This is Chris and Natalie signing off. Bye! Bye.